chapter 6 of Romans 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin and sin that grace may abound? By no means, how can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into, into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. As a title, I have given this message, Baptism, the New Covenant. Baptism, the New Covenant. Today, as we baptize a few people, we come to the place where we must understand That baptism belongs to those who have been born again. Today as we baptize a few people, we come to the place where we must understand that baptism belongs to those who have been born again. Baptism speaks of death and life. You cannot be alive to your own will and desires and to God. If God is going to be the head of your life, there must be. Be a death to your own ways. Point one, and I'll be addressing one point today, and it is baptism, death, and life. Baptism, death, and life. When I was reading and preparing this, I was planning to read and preach on the first eight verses, but decided just to deal with the first four verses. Have you ever watched those old Western movies, those classics where there has been a gunfight, and the person that's been shot does not want to die. They do everything possible to show that they don't want to go down. You've seen those movies. You've seen those shows when they've been shot several times, and they do everything. My dad would often come, they get shot and go that way. Go down here, turn back this way. It's hard for them to die when they have been shot. They stumble forward and backwards. You know they've got to go down, but they don't want to die. Called a few times, and then they fall to the ground. If they have a loved one nearby, the loved one rushes to them. And they say no, and they say, remember, yes, And they die before they can get that last word out. And they go, what were you going to say? Have you seen also, you you know those westerns where there is someone that's shot on the roof. And somehow they always stumble to the edge and fall off the roof. They never die on the roof. But happen to make their way to the edge And fall to the ground. They don't want to die. We don't like dying to ourselves. We don't want to die to our own will. But if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to die to yourself. Baptism is a baptism of death. It is an identifying with 
the death of Christ as he went into the grave. Please understand and note that baptism in water does not save you. While you may have been baptized at a young age, some doesn't, don't understand. I was baptized when I was young. I mean, I knew the Lord then, but, but, but we were baptized right up in this pool where the people would be baptized today. But, but I had an understanding when I was baptized um, as a teenager. But there have been many kids who have been baptized. In the old day, they would say, you need to come on and get baptized, even though they may not have understood the reason why. Baptism is for the believer. I get calls at times from people saying, I want to be baptized. I'm thinking, you don't even come to church here. I'm not your pastor. I've been called. People have gotten upset because I wouldn't baptize them. I said, well, here's the requirements. Let's sit down and talk and meet first. Do you know the Lord? Has there been an acknowledgement, a confession of faith? Has the Lord placed his blood over you? Let me, let me just say this. Salvation is of the Lord. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to probably get some, com, some complaints from this. You don't bring anything to salvation. Not even your faith. Well, what do I mean? It is only the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of the Savior that covers sins. Before the foundations of the earth, Christ had planned you in here. Before you could even say yes to the will of God, He had already gone to the cross for your sins. It is the Holy Spirit, God himself, who stirs in you to even desire to say yes to his will. You can't do it on yourself. He's the one that gives you a measure of faith. But it is the finished work of Christ. It is the blood of Christ and nothing else that saves When you began to grow in the Lord, you work out your faith. Salvation is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that we want to add something to it, but what about my good deeds? Well, I've got to be able to bring something. It is the finished work of the Lord. Baptism replaces circumcision as the covenant in the Old Testament. God gave to Abraham the covenant of circumcision. Abraham was an adult when the Lord entered into a covenant relationship with him. Circumcision deals spiritually with a cutting away in the heart. It deals with symbolically the Lord doing a work in our lives To cut sin out. He does the work of the heart. You see, when we think about God, we oftentimes think about, well, what can I do? Well, the problem is that Adam and Eve got into problems and into trouble in the garden. And and it required God himself coming to the garden to rescue them. They blew it. One sin drove a wedge between them and the almighty God. One sin. 
Your righteousness, the Bible says in Isaiah, is like or as filthy rags. And because we have children here, I'm not going to go to the explanation of what that is. You can talk to me later. But understand this. When we think about the matter of our righteousness as we consider it, the Bible says it is as filthy rags. Our righteousness. Well, look at the good that I'm doing. No. It is only the finished work of Christ. When the Lord entered into the covenant relationship with Abraham, it was passed down to the generations following. And the Lord, later on, as the Lord uh, gave the, the process by which it was to be carried out, it was carried out on the males, and it was to be done eight days after they were born. And when you look at it medically, as I've talked to, the, to you at before in the group on Wednesday, your question comes up, why would it be on the eighth day? Even today they recognize that blood clotting is at its highest peak on the eighth day. So circumcision was instituted by God, and it took place on the eighth day. That covenant that the Lord entered into with his children, it was a covenant, a relationship that God established. Abraham didn't have anything to do with organizing it, helping God plan it. It was his responsibility to carry it out to obey what the Lord had said. They were in covenant relationship. When we look at baptism, it signifies that we are identifying with the finished work of Christ. When you think about John the Baptist and the, and, and the account of Matthew and the account of Luke and John, it talks about John the Baptist baptizing and then the disciples of Christ baptizing. It, it was a, a, a way of showing that there had been a change on the inside. It was an expression to show to other people that this person, by the act of what they have done, are identifying with the Lord. I share today with those that were in the back. Some of you have seen that fish sign on the back of cars. You've seen that sign of the fish and you see at times Jesus Christ and then some people got created in their own um, denial of the Lord and start putting all the type of symbols in there and craziness. But that symbol was something that was written in the ground back uh, in Jerusalem in the very surrounding areas. They wrote that symbol in the ground to show that they were a believer in Christ because of the, the dangers of, 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 of verbally stating it, they had to be careful. So they developed the sign of the fish. And that fish has significance as it was identifying those who were putting their trust in the Lord. And so that sign that you see was a symbol that was used to say that I'm identified with him. Baptism shows an identification with Christ. Not just in so much in the life that Christ lived, but it shows identification in his death and in his resurrection. Because that was his purpose. That's why he came. 
You see, sin is an enemy to God. You, you see, God is such a awesome, great, loving, powerful, sovereign, holy God that he has to deal with sin. His character, his nature demands that sin be dealt with. So in order to keep you from having to deal with the consequences of sin and the judgment from God, he sent his son. You see, the purpose of Christ's coming was so that you would not have to face his judgment. Now those who do is because they have said, I say no to Christ and I'll stand before God on my own righteousness. So then when those that turn to the Lord, they say, Jesus, I place my trust in the work that you've done on Calvary. When the Lord went to Calvary, his purpose was to die. Baptism is a death. It's quiet. You see, if you are identifying with Christ, Romans says you are identifying with his death. But it doesn't stop there. You are identifying also with his resurrection. You see, it is only one thing and only one person that could satisfy the wrath of God. Understand this. All of those sheep and lambs lambs and goats and all those things that were being sacrificed in the Old Testament, that, that could not satisfy God's wrath. It could only appease it for the moment. His plan in coming was in, in sending Christ was so that there would be only one sacrifice and only one mediator between God and man, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, sin has to be atoned for. It has to be paid. And the Lord says, I'm going to, because I love people so much, and I don't want them to be separated from me forever. forever. I, I'm going to wrap myself up. Since there is no other person and no, one, no other one that could, can satisfy my wrath, I'm going to send my son and pour my judgment on him. So that every person that puts their trust and their faith in him will not have to experience my judgment because of sin. And so Christ came specifically to die in your place so that you would not have to face God's judgment. Baptism, then, symbolically, is that when the person goes down into the water, they are identifying with the fact that Christ died on Good Friday, went into the grave, and when he went into the grave, the person going down is saying that I identify in the fact that Christ was the one who died for my sins, and I now recognize that my going into the water means that I am going into a watery grave. Dying to myself, dying into what Christ has done. When Christ rose three days later, came out of the tomb, the guards could not stop him. Hell itself could not stop him. When he rose with all power and all victory, never to die again, when the person 
places their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they have been baptized, and as they come out of that water, they are coming out, and they are saying, we identify with the resurrection of Christ. Coming out of the grave, the coming out of the water is that the person is also now being raised to new life in Christ. Now, now while they have already spoke, given their lives to the Lord, symbolically, it is representing this covenant, this covenant that is now new in the baptism and resurrection of Christ, the death and resurrection, we have identified with him. It is saying for those who see, I am identifying with what my Savior did for me on Calvary's cross where he died and then he rose again. So the water deals symbolically with the death and the resurrection of Christ. The focus is always on Christ. The focus is on who God sent as the one to satisfy his wrath. All you have to do is place your trust in him. You see, the penalty and the price has already been paid. There's nothing for you to do to earn God's favor. So when you're trying to do good works to earn it, no, no, no. The good works comes after you say, so Lord, my, my service now unto you is that I love you and I'll serve you. It is now the working out of our soul salvation. But please don't get it confused that somehow that you can earn or merit God's grace and forgiveness. You can't. It is a gift to you. Have you ever received a gift and you kept saying, well, how much is it? Can I pay you for it? No, it's a, it's a gift. No, no, but it's just a tremendous gift. I've got to give you something. No, it is a gift to you. You cannot purchase God's grace. You cannot purchase the blood of Christ. And here's the interesting thing. It really makes no difference what we think. It's the fact that what he has already done. It's the fact that it was his plan from the very beginning. Now, when we look at this, as I bring this to a conclusion and get ready for baptism, Paul was having to address a group of people that, that were, were saying, man, if, if God God's grace and his mercy is extended to me because I'm a sinner. Man, it should be that when I sin more, his grace can abound more. So if I just keep going on sinning and come back to the Lord, I should be okay because God is abundant in his grace. Uh, Paul says, God forbid that we should think that way, that God's grace should continue this way. No, it is the fact that when God gives us grace, it is so that we will stay away from those things that displeases him. You see, for those that come to the Lord, they now have a new relationship with the Lord. And they say, Lord, as my king, as my teacher, as my master, what can I do to show you that I love you? God says, obey me, live for me. That's how we show that we love God. Not trying, okay, Lord, how can I pay you off? Can't pay God off. He loved you so much that he paid the price and says, accept the gift. And it is yours to basically now just embrace and take and now live for him. For those that are getting baptized, if you can go ahead and get ready. For when you, when you think about God's love and his mercy, God's kindness and his awesomeness, it is truly tremendous that God 
would extend his covenant to us. Baptism. There's no magic in the water, even though the water is nice and warm today. <laughs> As my dad was saying, I've told you before, there's been many people who were baptized and did not know the Lord. They went down into the water, but they had not made an inward confession. My dad said they went down a wet devil, a dry devil and came up a wet devil. They weren't saved. What changes us is the work that God does. When we are baptized, it's because we recognize that Christ was the one who died. And I'm going to identify with him. It was Christ who says all power is in his hands. And told the disciples three days later, I am going to rise again. And his resurrection proved that. And coming out of the water, symbolic, we are saying, yes, I live for Christ. If you don't know the Lord, you have every opportunity and privilege right now to say, God, I don't understand it all. But I say, would you show me? Yes, to your will. Most people that come to the Lord don't understand when they first get saved. They don't understand. What, 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 what did I just do? I said that. What have I done? Not understanding. Because I meant there was going to be a change. But there was something different that happened. Everyone doesn't have the same experience. It's not based on how you feel. It's based on the fact of God's word. That he already said it. That if you place your faith and trust in him. His blood is already there. The sacrifices, as I mentioned to you, those goats and all those animals, all the blood that was, that was poured out only appeased God's wrath. It was only the finished work of Christ. All those goats and animals, they were pointing to the one sacrifice that would be made through Christ. That death, that blood of Christ satisfied the wrath and judgment of God. To where now when we stand and we can say universally our trust is in the Lord. That's why we could go to Hanford and have people from Las Vegas and Los Angeles and Fresno, uh, Seattle, Washington, and oh, Stockton and various places around the interstate to be able to come together to worship the one true God. Why? Because of the blood of Christ that was shed for us. He did it. And so we have fellowship. And we can call them brothers and sisters because of our unitedness in Jesus Christ the King. So my Hispanic brothers, my white brothers that were there, my black brothers, the Jamaican brothers, and, and those that were from various places can come together and say, brother, sister, because of Christ. Because of Christ. Brother Jerry and Sister Michelle are going to just come and do some music while we get ready. I want you to stay as we go and dip some people in the pool. <laughs> Amen.